Today's scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Arise then, Christian women of this day. Arise, all women who have hearts. Whether your baptism be of water or of tears, say firmly, we will not have questions answered by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands will not come to us reeking with carnage for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We, the women of one country, will be too tender of those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of a devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword of murder is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor, nor violence indicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. Let them meet first as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace, man as the brother of man, each bearing after his own time the sacred impress, not of Caesar, but of God. In the name of womanhood and humanity, I earnestly ask that a general congress of women 
without limit of nationality, be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient and the earliest period consistent with its objects, to promote the alliance of the different nationalities, the amicable settlement of international questions, and the great and general interests of peace. Such are the words written by Julia Ward Howe in 1870. Howe constructed this essay in response to her heartbreak and joylessness that were caused by the devastation of the American Civil War and the Franco-Prussian War. It was an appeal for women around the world to unite in peace. A few years later, in 1872, Howe used this proclamation when she asked for a Mother's Day of Peace to be held every year on the 2nd of June. As you can probably guess, Julia Ward Howe was not successful in establishing her vision of Mother's Day. In fact, it wasn't until 42 years later that Woodrow Wilson signed another proclamation creating what we know as the modern Mother's Day that occurs on the second Sunday in May. This was a national holiday to honor mothers. And it was the result of the efforts, not of Julia Ward Howe, but of another woman who simply wanted to honor her beloved mother in memoriam. Today, the celebration brings much happiness to mothers around the world as children and spouses, partners and friends, shower them with cards and flowers, reach across the miles with a phone call, and generally indulge their desires for one day. It is a very nice sentiment, and it is very appreciated by many women. Yet for many other women, this is a very difficult day. Some women have lost children through estrangement, adoption, death, and yes, even abortion. Still others have never been able to have the children that they so long to bear. There are many people like me who have lost their mothers, and even more who were denied the experience of a mother's love through negligence and abuse. When viewed through these lenses, it's understandable that a day meant to recognize love and embrace joy can become a source of pain. No matter how hard we try, we cannot deny that we live in a world that contains much pain. In the last few weeks alone, we have watched in horror and disbelief as the city of Baltimore fell victim to race-induced violence. Nepal was devastated by earthquakes. Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado have been subject to tornadoes, hail, flooding, and even snow. And an El Paso family was destroyed as a troubled man murdered his young daughter 
and then himself. We only have to look to our neighbors, our families, or even ourselves to see serious physical and mental illnesses, discrimination, poverty, and hatred. When all around us is in chaos, it is oftentimes hard to find the love and joy which Hallmark and Teleflora tell us should be professed on this day. Brothers and sisters, this is not unique to the 21st century. The first century disciples experienced many of the same hardships that we find today in our modern world. The Jewish people were thrust into poverty and oppression at the hands of the pious church leaders. The physically and mentally ill were cast out of the community, lest their uncleanliness rub off on the pure. Frequently, Jerusalem was witness to violent executions performed by a ruthless Roman government. The first century world was frequently in chaos, and therefore joy and love were not high on the list of attainable goals for God's chosen people. It is in this crazy and broken world that we find Jesus and his followers in today's scripture reading. In fact, this homily takes place in the part of John's gospel known as the farewell disclosure. Not only were the disciples in the middle of the turmoil of Passover festivities, but they were also only hours away from Jesus' arrest and execution. It was then when all around was contentious and nerves were on edge that Jesus brought a message to those gathered in the upper room. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. What a message this was. Jesus had just told the twelve that he was to be betrayed and put to death. But here, in the midst of this devastating and confusing news, he was offering a gift of complete joy. All they had to do to receive this intangible present was to obey his commandment, to love one another as I have loved you. They did not have to work for it. There was no payment required. This gift of joy, this indescribable feeling derived from the abundance of God's grace, was given simply because Jesus loved the disciples that he had chosen. And friends, this is the good news for us today. Jesus loves and Jesus chooses. He did not just choose 12 men to carry on his ministry to the world 2,000 years ago. He is continuously choosing men, 
women and children to do the very same thing today. And he loves us all unconditionally. He endured arrest, trial, and crucifixion because he saw something in humanity that was worth saving. Jesus chose death in order to redeem God's children simply because of his unconditional love. Now, this does not mean that heartache and discontent will cease to exist. There still will be tragedy. There still will be other people who try to turn us away from loving God's children. We will get sick. We will lose our mothers, be subject to abusive relationships, and witness violence. What it does mean, though, is that Jesus is here in the midst of our pain, giving us the courage to stand up to our challenges and the strength to persevere in the face of struggle. In all the messiness of life, when joy seems to be elusive and love cannot be felt, we can rest assured that God has chosen each of us. He loves us unceasingly. We are safe and secure because of God's grace, even when he seems to be very far away from where we are standing. Ladies and gentlemen, people who profess to love us will hurt and disappoint us from time to time. However, the love of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is always comforting, always virtuous, always fulfilling, and always available. Therefore, on this day in which we are supposed to profess love and joy and to celebrate with our mothers, we celebrate. But we also call for a a renewal of our faith in the Christ who has already chosen us. He has called each and every one of us by name, and he is offering a life full of love, grace, and unending joy. Embrace his love. Celebrate his joy. Share his grace. In doing so, we can and we will grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. Amen and amen.